press the button, press the button, press the bye. Oh my God, we're so popular. <laughs> seven people. You know one Dude, of those was me. Ha ha ha, seven people. How many people have bought your board game, motherfucker? <laughs> No, I'm proud of you guys. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How's how's the board game coming? It's coming good. <laughs> oh, that's <Fucker>. great. <laughs> <laughs> is that recorded? Asshole. Yes, it is. It's on the recording. Good. Hell yeah, oh, that's sure. recorded. We're going to keep that shit in. <laughs> Jacob, are you ready? Do we do it one at a time? Well, yeah. Yep. Luckily, I luckily I caught that we were not recording, and so I began recording. <laughs> My God, Oops. that's that happens quite often. It's a that's a pro Jake move right there. <laughs> All right, let's do it. There we go. Cheers. Shot one. Shot one. Monkey shoulder. It's so good. Yeah. I hate whiskey. It's so smooth. Yep, it's really smooth. <laughs> your sister called your face, and you're doing the exact face she showed me. Jake. Yep. I have numbness in my lips. Already after one shot. I nice. think that's just it's because strong. of the kind of, yeah, that's the kind of, how strong? Oh, it's only 4%. That's 43. Oh, I will see the three. <laughs> what the fuck? Shot two. Oh, God. Let's okay. go. Shot two. Let's go two. shoot it. Oh, God. It's so good. <laughs> it's really smooth. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. See, it's because I'm just not American enough to be to just shoot Jack Daniels, you know? All right, let's just get All this right. over with, man. Shot three. Shot, Shot three. three. Here we go. Yep. Wow. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Like another shot. You think you guys would be used to it by now? You luscious? I'm not. I swear I get worse every time. This is Three Shots In. Cheers, son. Cheers, daughter. Cheers, Padre. Thank you for having. Thank you for joining us. Mm -hmm. You know I don't believe in paranormal bullshit, but. Hey everyone, welcome back to Three Shots In. This is Jake in Texas with actual recording equipment. And over in California, uh, who who's over there? It's me, it's Jess in California. Oh. With bad recording equipment. Who that, else is it? Who else is there? And dad, also, your pop. Also pop. That's right, Papa is over there in California. How you doing? Do you want to introduce yourself in 10 words or less? Jacob makes everybody do this. And by everybody, I mean he made Ricky do it. Now you have to. I'm their father, and I've had to endure them this I'm long. Their father, and I've had to endure them this fucking cheater. You're a cheater. <laughs> Dirty cheater. Well, tonight we all had shots, right? Uh, I took some shots of Jack Daniels. What did you guys have shots of? We had shots of monkey shoulder bourbon. Scotch? Scotch. Shots it was smooth. Yes. Yeah, it didn't I look... That's evident. It's written all across my face how smooth on the Instagram live. Yeah, it didn't it didn't sound very smooth. It was smooth to me. Sorry. Sorry. My bad. It was smooth. All right, for, for drink people, smooth. For drinks tonight, I'm having me some some Miller High Life, also known as the Champagne of Beers. Uh, You're what about a fan of that one. That's that's a that's a repeated drink for you. That's correct. What about you guys? What are you guys sipping on? Jameson and ginger ale. Mine has lime. All Mine right. Mine does not. What did we call that? That was a that was a ghetto whiskey it's sour. A ghetto whiskey sour. Mine. Well, mine has lime, so mine is a ghetto whiskey sour. Whereas Dad's doesn't have lime, so I think that's just a whiskey and ginger ale, like he's. Mm. There's nothing sour about it. 
I see. Well, it's gone. Uh, tonight, tonight yes. we have a we have a great topic, right? This is the the paranormal episode part two because uh-huh. we need to continue from two weeks ago, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, we got. I, I have some interesting stuff to talk about. I don't know about you guys. I've got very interesting stuff. Stuff Dad, as a skeptic, probably won't appreciate, but I I found some stuff I think is interesting as well as creepy. I'll do my best. <laughs> so I'm adjusting. I'm adjusting your microphone. Okay. All right. Well, are you guys ready to jump into the first wheel spin of the night? I have to lean in. I'm down. Yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Uh, Dad, do you wanna do you wanna virtually spin the wheel? I'll spin it for you. Just just say spin. Pushing the button. Excuse now. me? There is no button. It's well, a real wheel. But I can't touch it from here. No, but you're going to telepathically tell me how much force to give on the wheel. Silence. Extreme Play- force. Dad, place two fingers upon your temple and psychically spin the wheel. Done. Okay, we got a... Uh... Got a good one. This is Irrational Fears. We have had this before. So Jessica, don't repeat what you said before. Here we go. Well, I, I will point out first that you're not my boss. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I mean, we shouldn't we shouldn't be breaking up now. No, it should be fine. How does it sound? <laughs> Did you hear what dad said? Oh, I'm sorry. For some reason, the audio won't work for... <laughs> It wasn't just the video because I just heard it, it kind of broke out as you were in the middle of a laugh. He did. He he was getting seated in his chair and he leaned back. So it could be that. Okay, maybe. Maybe he was just out of range. Nope. It just did a, he's just out of rate and then it cut. Oh no. Yeah. I don't know. Then there is a bar missing on the Wi-Fi. So I guess I, I, I don't know. Let's just, we'll play it by ear. We'll just keep going. And if we cut it out, we'll just start back from where we left off and we'll keep going. How do we cut off? Jacob will be able to hear it. You've, okay. you've cut out four times in that sentence. Okay, that's uh, well, what do we do? Jessica. Yeah. I am going to call your phone. Okay. And we'll see if we can make it work. Okay. So just give me a moment to get the the road set up for the phone call. No problem. Hello? Fuck. Okay. I did not mean to FaceTime you. I meant to FaceTime audio, but this works. So you can hear me good? Yes. I fought the law in the law one. I once knew a man. Wait, how did I I once fucking. Let me tell you a story about a man named Jed. Poor old soul barely kept his family fed. Then one day he was shooting at the food. Up from the crowd on the ground came a bubbling through. Oh, that is. We good? Anymore? Anymore? No, that's good. I got acapellas all day. So basically what's telling me is he chose to do this. On a night he knew you were trying to do your... So he's, he's a dick. Yeah, he's a All dick right. spelled D-I-V-O-R-C-E, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, we landed on irrational fear. Uh, Jessica, how about you lead us off? Or do you have your face stuffed with food right now during a recording? Stuffed face fucking I, food. I am currently eating cereal, but um, irrational fear... 
I don't know. Nothing's coming to mind right away, but I know I do have a few. I just have to. I have to think on it a couple more minutes. What about you, Dad? Um, I have a fear of nothing. Just kidding. I am horribly afraid of flying, but I don't think it's because like the mascot of heights. Anytime I'm in a situation where someone has control of my life and it could be dangerous, I'd rather have control, and I think that's my rational fear. Do you freak out though when someone else is driving a car? Yeah, I'd rather drive the car. Okay. I don't. All right. I don't think anyone drives good as so that's why. Mm, I do I, trust my wife, though. I'm a pretty good driver. Um, I feel similar in that I prefer to drive, but it is not because I am afraid that the person driving will, will kill me. Uh, it is more that I just feel more comfortable driving than sitting in the passenger seat doing nothing like some... <laughs> POS. So mine is mine. What's the feeling? That's a that that's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. So mine isn't that I'm worried they're going to kill me. Mine's when a bad thing happens. I want to be, so if it's a sleet storm or someone shoots out in front of us, we got to hit the brakes. I'd rather me be driving than them. You trust your heat of the moment instincts yes. over somebody else. Right. Okay. You guys have experienced my heat of the moment things, but how many wrecks have you seen me get around when you guys were kids? You remember one, you and your sister, we were driving, that car went right out in front of us. I fucked word went sideways. Yeah. Yeah, at least a few times. Yeah, yeah. So as long as I'm in control, I'm good. So I guess it's control issue. Weird. That doesn't sound irrational. Like, sounds like that doesn't sound like something you'd have an issue with at all. Control. As long as I have control, I have no issue. So uncharacteristic. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what about you irrationally scared of? Uh so the last time we had this wheel spin, I do recall it was bugs in my shoes. Uh because I, I remember that. Yeah, that is that is a real irrational fear I have. But another is is things touching my eyes. Uh, I I do not like anything be, anything coming near my eyes, whether it be finger or or another face or anything. My my eyes are so sensitive that even even me trying to like you know oh there's something in my eyelash I need to grab it. My entire eyes will water and I, <laughs> I start having a little like anxiety breakdown just trying to get a piece of lint out of my eyelashes. <laughs> So wait a minute. So you don't you don't like making out then, or how no. does that work? See, that's fine because you don't I'm distracted. Have to stick anything in somebody's eyeball. I stick stuff in females' eyeballs when I make out. Like, what are you talking about? That's not what you guys do. Just fingers. You're like mm, 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 I'm not, going like this. I'm not that flexible. Mm, mm. <laughs> Take that. So if shinshi shinshi is when you penetrate the ear canal, what would eyeball penetration be? Shinshi shinshi is what when is you try to flip your peen into an ear. My your peen, your peener into somebody's ear. That's chinchy. Yeah. See, I knew he was gonna say cock. I knew it. <laughs> How can you put a cock in an ear? I don't know how. I'm just telling you what it's called. Very strategically. <laughs> I'm gonna have to give it a shot. <laughs> with with a lot of lubricant. Ooh, that sounds dangerous. Aren't all exciting things dangerous? They are. Yeah. I can attest. Shin she shin she. I have a tattoo oh, right on my back. <laughs> Um, so as far as irrational fear goes, I've been thinking about it and I'm like, what really gets under my skin? And I thought about it and I had to skip past the obvious things, you know, like when people show you pictures of like enormous splinters right underneath like people's fingernails and stuff, you can see it through the nail. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. That's possible. I don't think that's an irrational fear though. That's more like I see it and I've experienced a small version of it. So imagining a, like a more painful version of it is 
like a real thought to me. So I don't think it's irrational. And it's not necessarily a fear. Like it would hurt, but it'd be over quick because you could get rid of it and then take care of it. I think an irrational fear for me is dropping something on the floor and still eating it. Really? You don't do the 24-hour rule? <laughs> you do the 24-hour rule, son? Look, I just had this conversation tonight, actually, and I can tell you <laughs> that it depends on the item that was dropped. Okay, no, I got you. I totally understand. If you drop something that is perfectly dry, something that is not moist or sticky, let's say you drop a piece of toast and the toast lands on the dry side and you manage to pick it up within like a couple of seconds, no big deal. You know, if you don't see any obvious stuff, you proceed with eating it. But if you drop a slice of pizza, cheese side down, do you still eat it? Yes. Ew. No, absolutely not. You drop a Skittle on the floor, you pick it up and you eat it. You drop a a piece of fudge on the floor, you throw it away. Ew. No, you eat it. Ew. 24-hour rule. As long as I'm not there past 24 hours, you're good. Yeah. That's not cool. The rule is three seconds. Okay. The rule is five seconds, Jessica. So we all have different times. My, my <laughs> only point is that it's seconds and not hours. Whatever. If I'm counting correctly, I believe he has one hairy dog and two hairy bitches. Is that correct? No, one's dead. It's one hairy bitch and one hairy dog. I think I think you missed the joke. She's not hairy. She's shaved. Oh, oh we're keeping that. I hope you realize. <laughs> It's a good thing Katie doesn't listen to any of, any of the things we put out. <laughs> She's not hairy, I swear. <laughs> sorry, sorry, babe. Now there's three hairy bitches in my house and a dog. It's one of them is me. I'm one. Yeah. I'm a hairy bitch. One is a one is a fucking Sasquatch. <laughs> is that your sister? Not only do I have the Greek blood, but I've got the, the Mexican blood. Oh, yeah. That, I think I've said this before, literally, there like almost know. word for word. That fucking, like, hair gene hit me like a fucking truck. <laughs> and it skipped the scene. And she's, like, perfectly hairless in all the right places. Uh, what about you, son? Uh, I'm actually glad you asked because I wanted to say this. Uh, I also skipped the hair gene in certain places. I have absolutely no back hair. I have approximately 15 chest hairs. <laughs> there are, there are three or four pesky nipple hairs that keep popping up. The like lower part of my ass and all up in there. Very hairy. Same here, man. <laughs> oh, God. So I do believe that it is it is story time with Jake first. I think so. On episode one, I talked about the exorcism of Anna Eklund performed by one Theophilus Reisinger, right? Anna had a had a father and a aunt that were very uh they caused a lot of fuckery in her life, which led to her being possessed and led to the priest Reisinger to perform an exorcism upon her. Namely, this fuckery committed upon her by her, her parents, her father and stepmother, was her father sexually abusing her and her stepmother uh, doing witchcraft on her and cursing her. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So I, I had talked about how Anna was possessed and Reisinger performed an exorcism exorcism his very first and it was successful but 
About 20 years later, Anna became possessed again. And that was where I left off part one. Okay, and now, tonight, you lucky people, I will be telling you about part two of Anna Eklund and Theophilus Reisinger. So, Anna Eklund was the first exorcism that Reisinger performed, as I had mentioned, and the only person that he would have to perform an exorcism an additional time. The only person that would require two exorcisms. After Theophilus Reisinger cured Anna Eklund of her first possession, he quickly became an expert in the field and performed many more in between the 20 years that he would be called back to Marathon, Wisconsin, which is where Anna Eklund lived. Uh, yes, so we, we do put quotes around expert because... <laughs> Because I don't know how you're an expert on something that is supposed to be immensely rare, but there you go. Exactly. So in 1928, Reisinger received word that his first success story of Anna Eklund was possibly possessed once again. Anna had reported wanting to pray, wanting to attend church, and wanting to receive Holy Communion. But a hidden power within her made these things consistently more and more difficult to do. When her local church got word of her condition, they barred her from entering. They decided to discommunicate her from the church to prevent her from causing any scene within the church. Right. And was was this because of the first exorcism? I like believe, they were aware? I believe so. Okay. okay. Yeah, I believe that they, they knew that she was once possessed, could possibly happen again and they didn't want any demon just strolling up into church, you know, Sunday mass, demon hanging, not good for business. Makes sense. And so, the, and so that action, in addition to the constantly growing voices in her head, started pushing Anna towards the path of insanity. Ah. Yes, very common among possession uh, victims, insanity. So Reisinger was preaching at St. Joseph Parish in Erling, Iowa. He had requested that the church bring Anna Eklund to him in Iowa so that he could perform the exorcism there if it was necessary and they would have complete privacy and, you know, her entire village would not be aware that she was having an exorcism once again. Right, right, right. Legit. His wish was granted and Anna was brought to the Francis Franciscan convent just outside of Erling, Iowa. Anna was placed on an iron bed where she was strapped down and we're putting we're putting some quotes around this. Strong nuns remained close by to assist in holding her down. <laughs> you snorted. They're beefy. Yeah, I mean, they just had... An iron bed sounds incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah, so they brought in, like I said, quote unquote, strong nuns to to help with the the holding down of Anna. Could you imagine though nuns that are like like bodybuilder nuns? Uh, American gladiator nuns. <laughs> WWF nuns. Right. I can I can imagine. What I'm, what I'm picturing is like nuns so muscular. They're the kind that have to do like testosterone boosting and so their boobs go away and they have to get implants that don't do not look natural at all. Yes. Roided, like over roided out nuns were in the room. And yes. I just want to interject that that's pretty hot. Just saying. <laughs> uh, agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> so later that night, the church began saying the proper prayers and 
and the exorcism began. Anna sunk into unconsciousness with her eyes closed so tight that no one in the room could open them. Does that mean someone tried to open her eyes? Someone tried to? I mean, I read this from three different sources and they all kind of said the same verbiage here. So I'm assuming someone tried to open her eyes and they could not. Wow, okay. As soon as Reisinger began the rite of exorcism, Anna ripped through her binds that were holding her down. Ooh, that's hot. So now it was nothing but the strong nuns that were <gasps> keeping her maintained. Uh, they were not able to, and her body began rising into the air, and apparently the the strong nuns were unable to hold her down as she started they floating. Were, they were not strong enough. They were not strong enough. So Anna slowly floated from her bed to the door of the bedroom, and once she reached the door, she clung to the wall above it so tightly that parts of it began to crack and break beneath her fingers. That's fucking radical. Can you yes. imagine seeing that, though? I really don't know how I would react. I don't think I'd get close. I think I'd just watch. I think it's a badass trip. That's exactly what was happening. All that were present in the room were terrified and locked in place, didn't know what to do. They just saw a person levitating and now gripping a wall so tight that they're breaking it. Uh, except for Reisinger, who remained almost unfazed by the events and continued the rite of exorcism. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, he had performed 18 in between the 20 years that he had okay. he had exercised the shit out of Anna the first time. <laughs> uh, after time had passed, the nuns were able to to guide Anna's floating body back to the bed and re-strap her down. Okay. The whole time, Anna was making what they called inhuman noises, unnaturally loud howls howling, and screaming in different languages. Huh. Okay. Well, you mentioned before, uh, the first time she got possessed, when she was much younger, she could only speak with an American, I'm sorry, American, English and German. She could speak English fluently, and she knew some German. Okay. So when you say different languages, official like French, whatever, or was speaking like demon tongue? We're talking French, we're talking Latin, we're talking Hebrew, we're talking Slovakian, we're every, every language that you can think of that someone in the town also knows knew and confirmed that she knew it, she knew it. Wow. Yes. After many hours, Reisinger retired to rest after performing the exorcism, and this continued for 23 days. Yikes. Oh. Yep. Oh, God. Everybody must be so exhausted, especially the nuns. <laughs> especially the strong nuns. They're getting They're their workout. <laughs> uh, during this time, Anna could comprehend any language that was spoken to her, as we had mentioned. Uh, she also vomited food and tea leaves, even though she wasn't eating anything solid the entire time. Ew. She would become enraged when Reisinger would pray in Latin, and she flinched in pain at the sight and feeling of holy water. Oh, so just to recap, the first possession of hers, the first exorcism she experienced, Reisinger himself was clever enough to bless and douse in holy, in holy water random items, random household items, bring unblessed random household items along with those items. And she only ever reacted to the ones that were blessed, even though she could not have known which ones were, right? Yes. And in statistics, we would call that statistically significant. <laughs> you, sound, you sound so smart. Thank you. So finally, a breakthrough was made and Reisinger was able to speak to the being that was possessing Anna. 
The spirit speaking to Reisinger said that he was one of many that were possessing Anna, but he was their leader. His huh. his name, Beelzebub. Ah. One of the seven princes of hell. That's right. So Beelzebub told Reisinger that Anna's father, Jacob Schmidt, which you had heard about before, had caused the possession by cursing Anna, and that Satan himself had ordered Beelzebub and the other demons to possess Anna. Wow. Wait, I, you said her dad, but I thought you said her mom cursed her. It's a stepmom. Her mom's sister. So her mom died. Right. Her dad proceeded in his, his I guess, mourning to sexually abuse her right. at the age of 14. Uh, and yeah. then stepmom came in. So mom's sister came in and was like apparently super jealous. And so she was a witch. So she cursed her. But he's saying it's because of the dad. Beelzebub told Reisinger that the father had cursed her. Okay. Okay. Mind you, if this is a real conversation and not entirely fake the right. word of a, the word of a demon couldn't be trusted anyway so right. Right. grain of salt and all so Reisinger had asked Beelzebub if he could speak with the other spirits that were inside of Anna <laughs> He spoke to voices that claimed to be Anna's father, Jacob, Anna's evil witch aunt, Mina, and a voice that claimed to be none other than Judas Iscariot. <gasps> what? I know. Judas had claimed that he wanted to drive Anna to suicide, saying, and this is a direct quote from uh, the book, Begone Satan, that he wanted to, quote, bring her to despair so that she will commit suicide and hang herself. She must get the rope. She must go to hell. Wow. Legit. Yep. Judas wanted her to hang. Sounds kind of similar to his little fate, right? Right, right, right. So Reisinger continued the exorcism and received a vision. This was a vision of Satan, Beelzebub, and many other demons all standing in the very room he was in with the nuns and Anna Eklund. The room was on fire and Satan proclaimed all in the room to die. Huh. So he took that as a sign to not stop the exorcism. And they continued for three days, nonstop. No rest. Wow. Yes. Finally, the demons and spirits receded out of Anna's body, presumably back to hell. And Anna began screaming the names of all of those that possessed her until she ended up collapsing and a horrible stench filled the air. Did she poop? herself? Uh, no, they described a smell that I could only assume is sulfur. Sulfur. Yeah. Okay. I see that. Okay. Anna's face and body had become distorted. Her skin was pale. She had many broken bones and bruises covering her entire body, but yeah. she was alive. Reisinger, after performing this, the second exorcism on Anna, did not continue performing exorcisms, and he lived out his days until he died in 1941 at the age of 73 in Wisconsin. Anna Eklund died the exact same year in 1941 at the age of 59. Huh. Huh. A little weird, little weird. And legend yeah. has it that today, the deep scratches that, that and marks left by Anna's possessed body can be seen in the convent outside of Erling, Iowa. It is still there, and you can apparently still see all the damage that she caused. I would like to see that, actually, if that's I was radical. over there. Yeah. Yep, I'm in. Yeah, so that's, that is the whole story of uh, the possession. We went we went full circle on that bad boy. Mm -hmm. Dad is impressed by your notes. Oh, you yeah. Your pages. You can see all my pages. 
quite impressive, son. Thank you. That's more work than you did in school. Would you? Would you ever? <laughs> it, it actually is. <laughs> uh, so you, father, as a guest, would you ever be down? Let's say far into the future, when this is something we can afford, we decide to record a creepy episode in an actual like haunted place. Would you be down to join us? One thousand percent. That is exciting news for that those is- of you who want to happen, please support us on Patreon and you can access that <laughs> by going to www.threeshotsin.com. Way to lead in on that. Right? That was tight. Yeah. There are there are apparently many haunted places in East Texas where we are and I would love to go and do some on location recording. But but if you do that and I can uh, and I can be there as well, I say we do it hardcore like three in the morning type thing is when we start oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah three in the morning, middle of nowhere, and in some insane asylum while we're three shots in. Agree. Yeah. Honestly, I gotta say, me and Terry watch a lot of like creepy videos. Some of it is authentically creepy, but almost all of it, we can imagine how it could be fake. The ones that seem the most legit seem like crazy vagrants showing up when people are filming and chasing them out. Like, how would you, how do you go about that? Do you just pack heat and then just, you know, hope for the best? Or I just walk up to them and say, go away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the only I'm, I'm assuming all three of us would be packing some heat, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. Betty, Wilma, and Paul will be on my hip. Betty and Wilma. So for the people who can't see, you held up your fist. These are the names of your fists? Yeah. Betty and Wilma? Yes, they are. This is a tip of the hat to the Flintstones cartoon? Yes, tip of the hat. Okay. Betty and Wilma. And then, Paul, you gestured towards your hip where a holster perhaps might be. Is is that yes. your gun? Yes. Okay. Sure for Paul Young, the destroyer in the Bible. Got it. No, no, that's that is the name of Jacob Porth in D and D. Shut up. Yes, Lord Mayor Supreme Gaius Baltar owned a horse named Apollyon. But that's the go. name of every gun on my hip is Apollyon, but I call him Paul for short. That's weird. It's like we're related or some shit. Crazy. Yeah, fucking weird, right? Who would have thought? But fortunately for our relationship, unfortunately for me, I acquired your nose. <laughs> this is true. All right. It is time for, for the break. That is time for refills. That is time for potty break. That is time for retarded banter. Good. I got a pee. I do too. So I will be back. Okay. Bye. We're going to go on break now. Bye. Oh, we did it at the same time. That was so cute. You are so much faster at peeing than your son. I get drunk because I'm recording the podcast. I put drunk again, y'all. Ask me anything. And this one guy comes back every single time and says, post speech. <laughs> yeah, I got a large bladder and a few other large things. <laughs> Definitely not your father. Oh, yeah, I was going to say taint, actually. <laughs> Abnormally what large. About your vul- My vulva is massive. That's a trench foot okay, foot. Stop moving. God, it's so fucking awful. Why are you trying to sit on my I'm foot? I'm sorry. Some guy wants to see her foot on Arlo. What's the Arlo On Parlor. So she took a picture of her dad's foot. to send him. He's going to be mortified. <laughs> So 
I got two stories. I'm, I am a skeptic. I don't believe in hocus pocus mumbo jumbo. I think humans are inherently weak and I think they're inherently, they are deceived easily. But with that being said, one story, I was able to show that it wasn't a ghost, but it was still creepy as fuck as a police officer. And then one story, I can't explain. Take that as you want. Cut. The first comment about your foot hit. <laughs> what kind of nightmare fuel is this? <laughs> <laughs> because they think it's on Jessica's foot. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I don't give real foot picks for free. I do. <laughs> I ain't a chancy bitch. I saw this picture. Uh, it was on Twitter. This guy had said that a girl had messed with his feelings and all this stuff, and he was super sad, right? Right. And so he posted a picture of himself sitting on his bed, bare-ass naked, like curl, <laughs> curled up into a ball, cr- like <laughs> like apparently crying, right? <laughs> but he he had he had blurred out his feet in the picture, and someone had what? asked someone asked him, "Why are your feet blurred?" <laughs> And he said, because you're not getting any feet pics for free. <laughs> the guy who asked for me to post feet. Okay. I commented, go check your DMs. <laughs> wink face. Wink face. And then he went into his DMs and it put, go check your notifications, wink face. And so he did, and I tagged him in your footstick, and he put, no one likes you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what I recall about you and your feet is that no matter how often you trimmed your toenails, they were always long. Yeah, they are voracious. Yeah, I just trimmed them today. I don't know if she's going to take a foot pick. I went and trimmed them. I'm, I'm going to send you a picture. You just wait for it. Give me, give me a moment. Me a picture or her a picture? No, her, her a picture. For, okay. her to, for her to send to that guy. Oh, good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just got to take my shoes off. You don't want to see what I'm going to send until you get it. Trust me. <laughs> don't send your scrotum sack, son. Don't do it. Please, you don't get that for free. Not even on parlor. <laughs> I cleaned that motherfucker for like two years or three years. Oh, fuck. Was that a fart? What the fuck was that? That was a mistake. Here, let me let me show you a sneak preview. He's showing a sneak preview. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> When you're doing these podcasts, is this something you guys do all the fucking time? What, like, stupid shit? when you break stupid shit? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> says, those are probably Jake's feet. How do they know? <laughs> How does he here? know?
my vulva is massive. And we're back from break, motherfuckers. And it's time for that wheel spin. I'll spin it this time. Uh, send me the telepathic spinning. Okay, hold on. Oh, Jessica, something I've always liked about you. And now we do have a guest, so it's got to be something I've always liked about the both of you or you and you. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, all right. Well, something I've always liked about Jacob. We'll start with Jacob because I feel like that's going to be the hardest one. I want to get that out of the way. Um, something I've always <laughs> something I've always liked about you. Uh, I think you have a great sense of humor. And the reason I think that is because my sense of humor is the same. So I think because of your sense of humor... That's why we've got such a, a great um, quid pro quo on the podcast. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend like I know what all those French words mean. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I agree. This is why we're so immensely mediocre. mediocre. This is why cool. we're a mediocre success. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Dad, you know what I've always liked about you? I'm sorry. I have to also say your humor because you're the reason I have my humor now. I agree. I, I have fond memories of my, uh, my father, this man here off to the side of me, putting cereal bowls under his shirt to pretend that they're tits. <laughs> <laughs> and strutting through the kitchen as though it were a catwalk. True statement. I do recall this. And thank you, sir. You you gifted me with one of my, my favorite things about myself. You're welcome. All right, Jake, your turn. All right, let's start with Jess. Jessica, something I've always liked about you. Uh-oh. That's it. You silent. <laughs> Hear the silence? <laughs> no. Something I have always liked about you. I think it's going to be your easy... And now you can. I think that's a nice way to say lose. <laughs> you can take that however you want to take it, which I'm sure you do. But I mean it more in a way of you're easy to talk to, right? You can. Okay. I, someone can confess all of their their worldly sins to you, and yes. and your understanding. Indeed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In addition to it, as well as also loose. So. Right. Yeah. It's a multifaceted compliment. Yes, this is correct. Right. Okay. You know, well, like, now you're like you sit down on a bar stool and you just keep going down and down and down. You know what I mean? <laughs> this got dark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, father, something I've always liked about you, uh, that is going to be the, I'm trying to think of a non mean way to say it. I'll say it harsh. Blame <laughs> me. Uh, no, it is, it is going to be the, the quick response to, We'll say truths. And by truths, I mean your truth. <laughs> so you, absolute. Yes, you will absolutely like slam and shatter a gavel upon what you believe is true if someone comes to you for advice. True. We can always count on you not like, you know, pussyfooting around what the harsh truth is. So like if you say I look fat in my jeans, I'm going to say, no, you're fat. Makes you look fat. Meaning if yes, if we come to you for actual input, we will receive it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely what you bring to the table. So is it my turn now? Yeah. Yeah. So the first, so I, I can't just go one, one. I, I, I know I'm top, so I get a little leeway, I think, because I'm the guest, I think. First of all, I like the savageness of my children. <laughs> I see all these weak fucking little babies with no discipline all over the place. I see kids living with their parents until they're 25, 26, 27. And, and I see my babies living their life, doing their thing, and they're savage. They're, when we, we are full of sharks. 
like when Jacob called me daddy uh, about a year or so ago, right? He got attacked violently by the entire family. And I know it was a slip, son. I got you. I didn't even know you called me daddy. Everyone else heard about me because I was half dead. But we savage, you got savagely attacked. And that's just part of the thing, right? When I say L word, I get savagely attacked. In fact, today, this very session of a uh, podcast, you guys attacked me with L word. So, and I love Hill. Hill. L Bold. words? You mean like lesbians? No, okay. no, no, like <laughs> no. Kill. He means actual, like the the, the sound L that that comes after a consonant. So like heel, heel. There you go. I went up hill and I hurt my heel. Did you hear any difference in those at all? There was a massive amount of difference. Anyway. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna say a sentence and then I want you to repeat it. Okay. Bullshit. It was what kind of um the bull galloped into a bull on the hill and broke his heel. The bull. The bull ran into a bull and ran up the hill and hurt his heel. <laughs> I heard different. I know. And you heard different. I know you saw it. Anyway, so I love the savagery of our of our of your children. I love that you can fire back at pop and just lay them low and humble me. I love it. And you got thick skin. Most kids are fucking mm-hmm. weak right now. I love the thick skin of my baby. So that's one huge one. But individually, um, on Jacob, your your uh, your wit and your honesty. And I know your honesty because I heard you talk to girls one time. I don't know if you knew I heard, but you were saying, look, if you just tell dad what you did, he's going to fucking calm down and won't do shit to you. He'll be happy that you fessed up and were honest and he'll leave it at that. And I love that about you where I'd be like, hey, did you? Yeah, I didn't study. Okay. Did you Did you stay out? Yeah, I stayed out till 12, dad. Okay. So I love the savage honest honesty and I love the, uh, what else? Wit. And your wit. You were, you're definitely going to take after dad in that one. You're smart. <laughs> the way you look at things, you're simplistic. You look at things simple. You got that from your dad, but the intelligent part of that, you didn't get that from your dad. So I love that. You, Jessica, I love your courage. There was a time she was three years old. She was on a dryer and she was jumping between the dryer and the washer. And I mean, there was a big gap. And I said, baby, that's dangerous. And you said, daddy, I laughed in the face of danger. Continued that all the way through until her senior year in high school when she watched a movie called, what scary movie you saw that you stayed up late and you're talking to Gabby? Paranormal Activity. Paranormal Activity. That's when my daughter started becoming a pussy. But that's okay. It happened. (laughs) But other than that, courageous as fuck. I love the savagery. I love the courage. I love the honesty. And I love the intelligence of my children, which definitely from me. All right. Well, Thank you for that time. You you could say it was from you. We we learned early on uh, exactly the level of intellect that we were headed towards. And... <laughs> And we knew what steps needed to be taken in order to avoid that very, very low standard that was set by you. <laughs> exactly. <son. laughs> yes. And so it wasn't it wasn't hard to surpass that level uh, in what fifth, sixth grade. Uh, but as we continued to mature, we we really understood how how intellect could help us in this world. Just how it damaged you in the world. <laughs> so, if I could just interject, Dad, yeah. how do you spell canoe? Spell what? Canoe. C A N O E. Good job. All right, well, f- fuck you guys. Ha- what about remembering every month of the year? It was Shut one up. time. It was one time. Sounds like we answered the, the question the wheel would have, you know, obligated us to answer. Done. I think we're ready to move forward. Do you agree? Yes, Jessica. We can move forward with a story of another Fowler. Let me do.
Oh, yeah. All right. So I don't believe in hocus pocus mumbo jumbo. I got two stories. One story I cannot explain. One story I did explain. It wasn't a ghost, but it's still creepy as fuck. Which one do I tell first? Uh, dealer, or dealer's I, choice. So explain. So I was a young police officer. A woman uh, called the police and said that someone broke in our house. And as a police officer, you call that a hot prowl. So all of us go as quickly as possible so that the person in the house doesn't become a victim of a horrible crime. A hot what? Hot prowl. That's what prowl. Yeah. So, got, got, got. so like eight cop cars show up. We go in there. We search the whole house. There's nothing. Not just nothing. There's no signs of forced entry. There's no signs of a burglary. There's no signs that anyone has been there but this lady. And this lady is adamant. No, someone was in my house. I heard it. So we reassure. We checked everything. Everything's good. There's nothing there. And we left. The call comes out about an hour later. Someone's in my house. We show up just like we did like eight, eight different cars. That's like 16 officers. We searched the whole house, all premises and nothing. Ma'am, there's nothing in this house you're fine and we leave call comes out again and my training officer said you know what fuck this I got this downgrade this call it's not a hot prowl this is just a crazy this is a crazy woman 5150 woman we'll deal with it. so me and him show up by herself now I go there and I'm young I'm impressionable I don't think she's lying she really thinks something's there she says if there's no one in my house then there's a ghost in my house me being a skeptic I said oh, I'm gonna look around this house and try to show her that her ghost is an open window a leaky faucet, whatever. Like at least you could calm her down by debunking by what she thought was something. A, to show her what the sound actually right. was. Because I knew no one was in this house. There's no signs of entry to this house whatsoever. I said, where's the, the last place you heard the sound? She goes, on the stairs. So I go up on the stairs and it's a landing. It goes up about five steps to a landing, turn to the right, and goes about 10 steps to the second story. I'm on the landing. I'm moving my boots around. I'm trying to make sounds of creaking motion on the stairs. I start to taking my knuckles and hitting the walls and all of a sudden one wall sounds different than the other like a hollow wall so I start pushing it and playing with it seeing what so happens you mean walls like the wall or the steps of the staircase the walls on the side of the staircase okay so the walls that you would touch going upstairs yeah I hit one it sounds hollow I start pushing it I start playing with it all of a sudden it opens up and I see a guy he's got duct tape near him rope near him plastic near him and a big old knife I pull my gun which give me two hands blah 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 we take him into custody Long story short, we find out this is her ex-husband that she was a key witness on that put him away in prison for 15 years on weapons and drug charges. He got out and no one notified her. He had a secret door and a secret holding place on those stairs that she never knew about. He had a key to the house. So when he entered the house and he moved around, she heard him, but she never saw him because he would go into the hiding area. And then under under the staircase. And then after we debriefed him, he said, not to me, but to the train officer, he said that if... If I was waiting for her to go to bed. As soon as she went to bed, I was going to murder her. I was going to tape her up, bind her up, plastic her up, stab her to death, and then I was going to take the body away, and that was that. So that was creepy. Super creepy. Yeah, but not a ghost, which I proved. That's, see, that's scarier to me, though. Me too. Because that's going to actually kill you. It's a real person. Right. Yeah. Um, do I tell the second one real quick or no? Your next story was the unexplainable one. Yeah. So you kids were a part of this one. You just were really young. <clears throat> Me, your mom, and you guys went to Old Town San Diego, and we took a ghost tour. And it was the cheaper one because we were cheap bastards, right? There was an expensive one and a cheap one. So the cheap one, the guy just walks you around Old Town San Diego at midnight, has you take pictures, tells you all these things, says, hey, if you see these orbs in your picture frame, it's a ghost. I said, bullshit. 
shit. It's probably lint or uh, whatever, uh, bugs or whatever. We get to one area and he talks about this girl in all white that jumped to her death from a second story balcony and we're in that balcony. And he goes right in this room. He points to a window. He said, this is where she, her bedroom was. And so I take a picture. I put my camera up to the window. It has a flash on. I take the picture and the picture, it's just a quick flash. I saw white. And of course, in my mind, I saw a woman in it and the whole nine yards. Freaked me the fuck out. I jumped out. I was like, oh shit. I got excited. I looked at the camera and it was a bunch of white tuxedos that the servers and the restaurant, the there's a restaurant below that they used or whatever. So wasn't there also, it was like a, it was like a dress mannequin with a white dress on it. Yeah. Right in the beginning. Yeah. There's a dress and then the rest were white tuxedos. Yeah. So definitely wasn't a ghost, but for a split second, I was like, oh shit, could have been a ghost, but not. Well, I randomly took pictures during the whole time in the darkness at different locations, different windows, whatever. We get back to the hotel that night. You guys are all freaked out. We went through a ghost town. I go lay down the bed. I'm going to sleep. Your mom and you guys all get around the camera while you're looking at all the pictures I took. I'm falling asleep. And then you all freak the fuck out. Dad, dad, we see a ghost. I'm like, bullshit. Let me see the camera. And in the actual Whaley house, if you look up the Whaley house in San Diego, town San Diego, you'll see it's super haunted. I took a picture up in the top of the second story. So I take a picture of the second story window and they say, dad, can't you see the, the child in there? I'm like, no. And I open up the camera and sure as shit, I see the outline of a child, not a man, a child in there. So that next morning we went back and I asked the people, did anyone stay the night? And no one had stayed the night. And the first people in the Whaley house that next morning were actually us besides the caretaker who went in maybe 20 minutes before. So that's the one I can't explain. I still think my camera's playing tricks on me, but if five of us saw the same child, that's a little weird. I'm still going to try to figure that one out. We'll have to go back. We will go back. Take the picture. Yep. Yeah, we can go back. Maybe maybe record a little little Whaley House special. Yep, yep. Show. Well, thank you for sharing. You're welcome. So uh, I've got some stuff to share. This episode, I talked about, um, well, first of all, you know, something that was actually on topic, unlike you. And by that, I mean that the topic was ghosts and not demons and exorcisms. And you decided to go full bore and give the people what they wanted rather than stay on topic so that you could outdo me and be the cooler one. And I think you failed terribly because I did amazing research and I found great stuff. I will, uh, out, I will, I will outdo you every time jessica i i have actual evidence of times that you have not i have actual evidence of no one giving a damn uh i don't think anyone would be surprised if the next time we have to do an episode that requires research you instead decide to read everybody their zodiac predictions (laughs) all right that was a personal blow and uh i don't think that was very chill of you so Anyway, um, moving on. Last episode, I I talked about shadow people. I talked about shadow figures and stuff like that. That was a a request from mom. And so uh, I decided to talk about a different kind of shadow person or shadow figure that people claim to be uh, because I had someone reach out to me on social media um, talking to me about this specific kind of entity uh, and an experience they had personally. So I'm going to talk today about the hat man, which is something I had never heard of myself, but apparently... Oh, go ahead. Is this a man in a hat or is this a man that sells hats? So the hat man uh, apparently is a... uh, 
scary sort of figure people tend to see. Um, a man made of all shadow who seems to be wearing a hat and that, that tends to be the only distinctive feature other than occasionally the collar of maybe a coat of some kind. Um, and I had never heard of this before, but apparently it's, it's common enough that there are a lot of people sharing their stories online. And so I did some exploring and I found I found some, some tales to tell. Now, the first tale I have was written by a woman and I will read it in the first person as though I was her because that is how I typed it for some reason. So she says, I was at home on a Saturday afternoon uh, doing laundry and I had the good place on the TV. I walked from my kitchen through my living room and into my bedroom with a basket of clean clothes, which I sat down next to the bed and started to fold. From my bedroom, I could still see the TV and I watched my show. I looked down at my clothes as I'm sorting them. And when I looked back up at the TV, there was a shadow man standing next to it, all silhouette. And I could see the shape of a wide brimmed hat, like a fedora on his head and what looked to me like a suit. He turned his head to look at me and just stared. I couldn't move. I only stared back. And when I blinked, he was gone. I went into the living room, trying to calm myself down and explain to myself what I'd seen, but I couldn't stop shaking. And the living room was empty. Now still trying to make sense of it. I grabbed the controller to our PlayStation and I rewound the show to the part that it was on when I saw the man. Then I walked around and I stood in different areas of the room to see if I could recreate the shadow. And I could. That is the first experience I found. We're starting slow, like I said. I, you know, that tends to be something I like. Making your stories drag on and on. <laughs> that was literally seconds. Anyway, the next one. Uh, a person writes, I don't know if it's a male or female, uh, he or she says that one night when I was 13 or 14, I woke up to see that my bedroom door was wide open. I always closed my door before bed. Standing in my doorway was this shadow, like a person, but it was smoky, not very solid, except that I could see that it wore a hat. I closed my eyes, but I thought, because I thought I was dreaming and that it would be gone if I opened them. But when I did, it was closer. It stood at the bottom corner of my bed looking at me. I closed my eyes again fast and I kept them shut. A heavy weight began to push down on my chest and I could feel my head sink further into my pillow and my body further into the mattress. I was terrified, but I kept my eyes closed for what felt like forever and stayed that way until I passed out. Now, I knew about sleep paralysis and I later on figured that that had to be what happened to me. So around 25 years old, I told this story to some friends and decided to look into similar experiences online. Uh, I searched for the hat man, thinking that I would find actual pictures of men in hats, which was my goal. My friends were asking me for visuals, and I thought if I could find a close picture, I could say, imagine this guy, but a smoky black outline of him. What I ended up finding was a bunch of images that looked not only identical to each other, but also identical to what I had seen. And those led me to all these blogs and online communities where people talk about having the same experience that I did. And I had no idea this was so common. Neither did I. That's his story. I imagine it's a dude. Yeah, that would definitely be fucking trippy if you're like, oh, I saw this thing. Let me Google it real quick. And then you saw the exact thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for this next one, I have to retrieve my phone because I'm going to tell the story uh, that a listener sent it. While, while you retrieve your phone, I'm going to retrieve another <laughs> beverage. So, uh, Real quick, I, I need to go pee. So if you guys need to pee, then now's the time. Again? Fuck you, Jessica. 
So I'm by myself right now. My children have abandoned me, which is typical. Jessica went to go get some water. Jacob went to go get another beverage. I think they're both urinating. I'm not really sure, but uh, appreciate y'all listening. And, and Monk, I looked at uh, your story, and it's pretty impressive, young man. Pretty impressive. So I can't wait for my daughter to read it. Oh, here comes my daughter now. I'm going to shut up. Don't tell I said it. Um, she just turned away, and I think she's going back to the bathroom. I'm not sure. Um, so we just had a thing. There's some post. She's trying to get me on some site called Parlor. I think it is because uh, I'm having a not such a good time on Facebook for whatever reason. And uh, someone asked her on Parlor to see her feet. Well, I am a, I guess you could say exhibitionist. I don't mind showing my parts. So I popped my foot up and I said, baby girl, take a picture of this foot and send it to whoever wants it. And I'm not sure exactly who wanted it. I believe it was Monk. But he got a picture of my foot. And, and then my son, amazingly, did some amazing stuff with his feet and also sent those to Mike. So, no, you don't have my daughter's feet, Mr. Monk, but you got mine. And if you want more, mine are actually free for my daughter charged. Just give me a heads. Okay, they're coming back. Don't tell my steady thing. If you have seen pictures of my father's feet, you may be entitled to compensation. Next up is a story sent in by a listener of the show. Uh, I don't have an actual name, but he is Friendly Monk on Parlor. So here is his story. Uh, before he gets into it, he claims to me that he was listening to uh, the first episode of season two. So the so part one of Very Much Ghost. And I, in that episode, uh, I talk about shadow people, like I said. And when he heard about that, he decided he wanted to send in his own experience. And he claimed that it's the only experience he's ever had. Um, he says that the hat man attacks you when you're asleep, that he strangles you, and that this happened before he even knew who the hat man was. So he says before this happened and since then, he could go into, this is a quote, he says, I could go into a confirmed haunted house with 99 other people and I will be the one motherfucker who doesn't see anything, even if everybody else did. So now he tells his story. He says, I was taking a nap I got woken out of a dead sleep by the sensation of being strangled. I could feel my throat constricting and I couldn't breathe. I opened my eyes and I gasped for air. And when I did, the first thing I saw was a tall shadow at the foot of my bed. A tall, thin, humanoid shadow with the outline of a wide-brimmed hat on its head and the collar of a shirt or jacket pulled up. Before I could fully focus, it ran into a darker shadow and it was gone. I told my mom and my grandmother about it and they told me that it was probably a guardian angel or something waking me up because I was choking in my sleep. Now I have sleep apnea so choking in my sleep can and does happen. It seems like a fair explanation to me. About six months later I was listening to a late night radio show and they were talking about the hat man. They described exactly what I saw and experienced. He always attacks sleeping people based off of what I've read and that's it. That's all. That was that was a thrilling tale. <laughs> choking and not being able to breathe is pretty yeah, pretty crazy to me. But then he said he had sleep apnea. Right. Right. But then he saw something of like thousands of other people claim to see without knowing what it is. See, that's what's interesting to me. Like, uh, even if, let's go ahead and put aside supernatural things or not even that. Let's put aside ghosts or whatever. Shadow people, whatever you want to call them. It's interesting to me that people who don't know each other all over the place can have sleep apnea or sleep paralysis or what have you and see the exact same thing without hearing about it first or knowing about that other people are going through it. So I, think we know I think that's interesting. 
episode. That we know it. Right. Right. But all it takes is one. Right. Just one. I agree. Now. Yeah, I, I do believe you had a fourth story. I do. And in the interest of who we have as our guest right, there was someone who was skeptical about the hat man and the hat man sighting. And he did post about it on Reddit and I saved it so that I could read it to you guys. Because I did think it was interesting. Okay. So someone a couple of years ago on the paranormal subreddit titled his post, The Hat Man slash The Hat Men, anyone 40 or older. And I thought this was strange because I was like, this sounds like some kind of romantic ad in a newspaper or something. He says, I'm assuming that a researcher might respond to this and please humor me. Is there anyone on this sub who has seen The Hat Man prior to the release of the Poltergeist movies or and subsequently The Babadook in their research or personal experience? He says, are there any researchers or investigators older than 40 who, like me, have heard of this hat man only since the release of films and books featuring various hat-wearing specters? 100%. The whole time you've been saying hat man, I've been just picturing the fucking Babadook. Boom. Which, as you know, fucked me up more than it should have. (laughs) It was was creepy. But uh, he says, am I missing something? I guess I'm asking for assistance understanding the plethora of Hatman sightings. Is it a phenomena on the increase? He says, I do remember a certain ghost story of a cavalier wearing wearing a hat with a feather from England. But that is a 400 to 500 year old ghost story. So I am curious and I am looking for insight. I'm asking for any discussion of that phenomena, I I see it as a social construct, an invention of ours, a construct based on cinematic images and urban legends from the 1980s and forward. In other words, I believe we invented the hat man as a sort of boogeyman from the 1980s to the present. We have all stopped wearing chapeau, C-H, you can't read it, C-H-A-P-E-A-U. C-H-A-P-E-A-U. Chapeau. Keep going. Why don't these stories have ghosts in baseball caps? Why not wide-brimmed, feather-laden lady hat? Pillbox? Visors? Prior to the 1980s, I never heard a single hat man sighting. So, I, as a skeptical medium here, am asking for any expert evidence that we have not added hat man lure to our lore, to our imagery, in the same way as we once added witches and sorcerers and the boogeyman to our repertoire of childhood monsters under the bed. Did we, as a collective, give death or Satan a fedora, cowboy hat, or bowler. I would like to have a discussion with those users here over the age of 40. We remember men wearing hats daily. Is it only me? Am I the only one who thinks, what? Whoever you are, I love you. <laughs> now, he did get a lot of responses, and I have not read those. Go ahead, Dick. Uh, the idea of Satan wearing a fedora is just so fitting. <laughs> Agreed. That is that is that has to be one of the best things that I've heard in in a while. But I think there's a lot of credence to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. It goes into my whole premise on people their minds create amazing shit that isn't really there or true, but when they see it it becomes a truth even though it is right. and it's based off that. Yeah. Right. So my own my own take on it, I think this is really interesting and it's worth it's worth reading and worth exploring. I'm not as skeptical as you. What about you, Dick? Yeah. Uh, when it comes to to Hatman, 
I am very skeptical. And that is specifically, you you did mention it because like when you said Hatman, I was like, oh, Babadook. Right. And everything lined up with kind of the Babadook vibe, which is like, you know, standing in the corner of the room and when you look, he's gone. He's strangely tall. Yes. He's got those like really thin, long fiddlers. Yes. Like me, thin, tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 As far as the story that I have heard about the hat man, yes, I would consider myself a, a skeptic. Amen to that. Okay. However, you do think there are ghosts and such because in Marty's grandma's house or Marty's mom's house, you said you were sure there was a weird thing in the laundry room. And you also said you thought my house was haunted. Well, see, Jacob and I have seen things. Homie. Now, what I said that is actual things we created in your mind uh, knowing. Could not explain. No, I was absolutely under the impression somebody was in the house. Which I had house? no, I had no doubt in my mind. Which like, house? The Naomi apartment, the small one. Okay. And, and I, so? I went and I checked. It was clear. So right. everything that Jessica is telling you, me and her were also at least somewhat skeptic about it and never talked about it really until we both mentioned it. And I was like, hey, don't say anything. I'm going to write something down. And then I want you to say exactly what you experienced. And then we'll see if how our, how our things compare. And they were identical. He had huh. said the exact same thing. And what then was I was like, hold on, let me reach out to Justine. And we did the same experiment and she had also seen it. So what was it? Maybe I saw it too. I did. Well, uh, this thing happens to be something we hope to share to our Patreon season. So we'll just cut out for a very brief second. One second. Jacob, now is the time to cut. <laughs> you may continue. <laughs> the fuck is that? He thinks that's marking the audio for himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Now is time. So I have, I've had a ton of experiences where I see something and I think it's a person and I fucking roar because I know no one's in the house and I go and there's nothing there and 80% of the time I can tell I can figure it out like a vehicle went by made a weird shadow went by real quick and I just didn't realize it was a vehicle then but I realized it was a vehicle later when it comes to stuff behind you that is a natural phenomenon for people that's why most desks are back to the wall and facing a door in most offices right or sideways or whatever most desks aren't facing where the back is to the door because it's a natural response for people not to put their back at a place where they're vulnerable. It's it's um, it's almost in not inbred, but <laughs> in uh, innate. It is in your body. Self preservation. Don't put your back to danger. Right. So with that in mind, you shut down a screen. You see shadows or whatever. That screen is both those screens are facing a certain direction. So to see something equally could be conceivable. Especially I'm taller. Maybe I'm not going to see it because I'm taller and I don't see those things. Or if I saw it, I realized, oh, it's just a blip and screen. Is that explainable or no? I I don't think I'm following enough to answer. So have you ever seen something like in a screen where you think it's behind you, you turn around and you realize, oh, it was a car oh. or a flicker of light or something? Like an actual explanation. Thank you. Have you oh. ever explained? Yes. Of course. Okay. Yes. So you both have done. You, so do you think you raised children that attack and Amen. 
when when I'm in my room and hear something happen in the kitchen and I know for a fact that Jessica and Terry are in their room and so it's either a child or someone that should not be in my house. Or Tally. No, because Tally would be in the room. It's either a child or someone that should not be in my house. And okay. so, so I go to investigate and there is nothing there. And I check and both children are dead asleep. But it was a sound that drew you to it. It was like dishes moving, which... I understand dishes shift, but right. dishes shifting after three, four hours of no one touching anything doesn't make sense. Huh. It's one of the things like we've had in the house we live in now. It was Christmas Eve. And so me, not so much Terry, but Jacob also, we're all, we were all on high alert for children sneaking out of their room, gotcha. trying to get a peek at gifts before it was time to open them. At the Texas house. At the Texas house. Okay. The one we're in now, or the one we live in now. Right. And uh, we both heard wrapping paper and her gifts moving around and it turned out I didn't tell him about it until the next morning he didn't tell me either we both on at separate times in the night went check to see what it was and it's because of talking about it and being like no I for sure heard something I thought I was going to find not the kids and you out here putting down like a last minute gift or something that's how sure I was I was going to find something right. but I found nothing and I let it go and he was like yeah same I went and I looked too and I was like you know what and then he mentioned on other occasions he thought he heard things moving and I was like you know what let's just put like Kelly has a cover from the dog door right. so that uh, it's locked and, and it locks really, really nicely. Right. So I was like, let's just start putting that on. I was like, because my first thought is that it's either an animal like a raccoon or a possum coming in here. Which could be. Or a vagrant. Right. So let's just put the cover on. And that way, if the cover's on, at least that is next. And we don't have to worry about an intruder of some kind. Right. And there has been time. There was a, there was a story in China. I don't have any validity, but I've seen it multiple times where there was a, a man who was a single living in some apartment or whatever, and he kept seeing just shit out of place. We'd get home, there would be maybe a cereal bowl out or just things, and he just couldn't remember if he'd done it himself or not. But it got to a point where he set up a video camera, and you can look this up on YouTube to try to, or whatever, any of the fucking places. Um, and he put a video camera out and saw a lady come out of his pantry and start eating and things like that, and then investigated, and there was like a a place to get up into the ceiling mm -hmm. and she was living there and basically eating his food and showering in his shower and doing something like that for a month or so because I don't know if she'd lived there before or whatever but yeah so that's the type of stuff that I'm like it would make us believe it was a ghost but cameras proved it was actually someone else you right. see that it, there's, there's at least some like I don't know kind of an affirmation in that in like mm -hmm. what you were concerned about was that something was in your home that didn't belong right and that at least is verified right Right. Like you weren't crazy. Right. You did hear stuff and it turned out that there was a problem that needed solving. Like right. it was something that needed to take care of. Yeah. Right. So my thing is video cameras, whatever. I want to believe, I would love to know that whoever you love passed away and they come back and they take care of you, some bullshit, that'd be awesome. But I just know the mind is a powerful thing. I can't explain how three people can see the same thing differently and not know it. I don't know. I'd have to get to that time and space and, and actually investigate it and right. turn off the computer, turn on and get different levels and do whatever. But I just know the mind is a fucking 
powerful, powerful thing. And right now, like my belief in this whole world, there's no truth. There are no truths. The truths are only what you can see right now. So I'm talking to Jacob, who's in Texas right now, and I have Jessica right here. That's truth. Everything else is like telephone. But how do you know that's Jacob? Right. He could be, or he could be a lizard, right? Yeah, that's a deep fake lizard face right there. Anyway, (laughs) I did see that deep fake thing. That was pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. So anyway, I just know the mind's a powerful thing. You know, we, we use it to create fear from the military. Use fear to get over your enemy. Like in Vietnam, there was one time a, a, a unit got into a place and they split the throat of every other guy in one barracks. It was like 12 guys. And uh, the whole base had like 500 people on it or something like that. So they killed 12 guys, but they did every other guy and it fucking shut down the base. The ba- They were fucking scared as fuck. And then the Marines came in shortly thereafter and just wiped them the fuck out to their so scared. Um, so fear is a huge, huge thing. People are inherently fearful. They're scared of all the things. They hear all these things. So I just feel the mind creates things that aren't there or takes something that's there and embellishes the, it. Or Right. The imagination haunts itself. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like a story I didn't tell. I was between 6th and 7th grade. It was summer. I was in Section 8 housing for the first time. It was a huge apartment complex. There's all these kids and I was the new guy. And they said, hey, at midnight, because yeah, when we were kids, you could play in the apartment all night long. Parents didn't give a shit. They said, at midnight, we have to go take you to the haunted house. And if you can stay in there for five minutes, you we know you're tough. And of course, I, you know, you're the new guy. You got to look tough. There was girls and guys and whatever. So I go there. I'm the new guy. I go walk in and two guys fall. Him. This guy named Sonny, a guy named Jerry, and they said, you know, fuck it. It's been a long time since we've been here. We're going to do it, too. We're in there way past five minutes because you hear the kids outside. You go, it's five minutes, five minutes, but we didn't want to go. We were enjoying exploring. It's fucking this rad, abandoned house. It was about three bucks away. It was two, at least two stories. We think it was three. But at one point, we went up to the second story, and back then, if you had asked me, a door burst open, and a giant fucking ghost holding an axe charged us, roaring. Rawr! And we fucking roll down the stairs, fly out, sprint home. I'm scared as fuck. It's so. Oh, it's fucking horrible. And what it do? It verified that the house was haunted. We told the story a million times over. We proved the house was haunted. Now that being a police officer and I've dealt with homeless and I see how they can get into places and whatever, I'm sure with a tweaker or a homeless guy with a bat scaring kids away so he can go to sleep that night. Something to that effect. But again, if three of you saw the same thing and never conferred it earlier on, that's a little weird. Right. And I wouldn't know how to explain that. Except that maybe you did see something. But then if you did see something, what did you see? Did it frighten you? Did it come at you? Did you see movement? I saw movement. It didn't come at me. And it did freak me out because I was so positive someone was in the house. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to go check. And so I worked at the Courage and turned the corner to look and there was nothing. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to move on from that and I'll come back to it another time. And how did you interact with yours, Jacob? Uh, I think in a way that is completely different yet similar. Um, so because my thing was... Was, was instead of like immediate fear, it was immediate comfort. And then like go to it because I, I literally th- I thought it was you go to approach it and there is nothing there. And so then you have comfort turn into confusion, turn into fear. And then later when it happened again and again, it was like instant fear every time. Now you can argue and I would I would fully believe it. Like once you think you see something once, you'll see it again and again. I agree. Uh-huh. But it was that initial time like why why would that happen right yeah right then we watched haunting of hill house right and it had similar stuff oh yeah no that that show was like spot on with everything i feared as a child 
well, hey, let's let's spin this last wheel and wrap up this episode because it's like one thirty. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah, yeah it is. It is three thirty for me. So, mm-hmm. so you spin it. All right, I will spin this shit. Let's go. All right, we got a. Uh, we've got. I've changed my mind about. Huh. Oh, I have a sad one. It makes me sad. Oh. I've okay. changed about box wine. <gasps> no. I really, really, really used to love it. It really had a special place in my heart. And now I've got to a level of maturity where um, when I drink it, it's just too sweet and I get a headache and I don't have a good time. Yeah. I actually just got drunk off of boxed wine recently. It was it was a pleasant experience. So Yeah. I, I'm sad that I changed my mind about that because I really, really, really didn't want to and I still don't. You also ate Taco Bell and got sick and it's because you have officially you have officially achieved a middle class stomach uh, yeah i'm gonna no, middle age no no, no 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 middle okay. class because you've moved up in class at least stomach wise you cannot physically eat taco bell and boxed wine tastes like garbage to you no that taco makes bell sense. Taco Bell was fine. It was Whataburger that poisoned. Mm, yeah, you and your you and your bougie taste buds and your bougie stomach. Well, is there what's something? What is it? I've changed my mind about. Yep. Um. So I grew up in the seventies and eighties. I was in a big apartment complex for the most of those times, and most of my buddies were heavy metal guys, and so I only listened to Metallica, Slayer, things like that, ACDC, the cool guy stuff, the cool guy stuff, and I hated typical eighties pop music like the Peshmo, Duran Duran. I got older, the Cure, and now I fucking love it. I love the Peshmo, Duran Duran. I think they're amazing. If I would have loved them back then, I probably got my ass kicked by like 30 of my friends, but <laughs> it is what it is. I changed my mind. You rock Duran Duran and Depeche Mode. And the Cure. And the Cure. Oh, the Cure. Yeah, I, what about you, I love Depeche Mode. Uh, so for me, we're going we're gonna to do, we're going to do two. One is very lame and one is not. So, we're going to start with the very lame one. I have changed my mind about dating apps. Thought they were garbage. Apparently not. So That's true. You you did meet one one pretty awesome chick off of a dating app. This is true. And I am pleased to say that it's a dating app you wouldn't have tried unless I had pressured you to try it. This is also true. <laughs> Uh, the other thing I have changed my mind about, and this one is, this one is heavy. This one hurts my soul, but I have changed my mind about Fireball. Yes. Yeah. I Wait. loved Fireball and could drink a whole bottle of it with no problems. I could chug a bottle of, I could, I could fill a glass with it and just sip on it all day. Just like a little, little baby with a sippy cup. <laughs> and now here I am a part-time alcoholic and Fireball just doesn't do it. Fireball makes me feel disgusting. It makes me sick. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm with him. I used to like it too. And now it's like medicine. It's like like overly sweet cough therapy medicine. Me. Yep. So I take my yes back because I thought you were going to like Fireball. I don't like Fireball as a drink the whole time. But a couple Fireball shots throughout the night is awesome to me. I would have agreed like six months ago, but now cannot. You must- so your upper lower class stomach doesn't like it anymore? That is correct. My, okay. my upper lower class uh, taste buds do not 
not favor Fireball anymore. Gotcha, gotcha. I never got out of the lower, lower class, so I just love all that shit. I miss having the lower, lower class palette. It was so much more convenient than it is now. <laughs> now my, my, little, my little sensitive stomach can only handle so much. My wine has to come out of a bottle and not a box anymore. Disgusting. Ooh. Huge bummer, yeah. You guys are yawning, I'm yawning. I'm going to turn it. Everyone on the podcast, good night. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to my children. Son, I love you. Good night. All right, love you too, Bob. <laughs> I love you, baby. Girl. You're a trooper, and thank you for sticking it out with us. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Father, for joining us this evening. Uh, feel free to email us with any questions, concerns, ideas, or hate to fanmail at threeshotsin.com. And if you're feeling a little generous, feeling a little lovey, you can go ahead and give us some support on threeshotsin.com. That will take you directly to our Patreon page where you can give us a monthly contribution and it will unlock some some very exclusive episodes, deleted scenes, and additional content. Mm, yes, there's much goodies. Yes, many, many of the goodies. All right. Well, this is this is going to be the very first uh, episode that was recorded in two different states. Yeah, I'd call this a success. I mean, I guess we'll we'll see how it turns out when we edit the audio. But, but I don't know. I mean, we managed to maintain internet connection the whole time for the most part. Yeah, for the most part, it's been it's been not bad. So again, we will we will fix hopefully most of this in post. And if not, well then, uh, I hope you have some Q tips to clean out the blood from your ears. <laughs> Well, all right. See you guys next week. All right. Bye. Bye.